Lisa, how are you? Hi, Lisa. Hi, Vicki and Ed. Hi, Penny. Hi. Lisa, how are you? Who's that? Penny Zabola, Vicki. Where is, um, where is Lenore? I don't see her yet. Okay, welcome everyone. I know we'll have a few people joining late and everyone always has problems getting in. Um, couple housekeeping things. First of all, uh, there is a little um, mic down by your name and if it's red with a slash through it, that means you're muted. So if you want to ask a question, uh, be sure to unmute yourself. I believe I've set it so that everyone um, can unmute themselves. I don't need to control any of that. Penny, if there's someone there that can help you unmute, uh, that would be great. And welcome everyone. It's been a while since, uh, since we've done this. Uh, a lot of it was because we've been doing some home remodeling. We had to get my office back in shape. We had to update some bandwidth and we're really excited to be back tasting. And I'm really excited to talk about Prosecco because Prosecco was probably our household yeah. go, go okay. to sparkling. So it's, uh, it's one that we really love. And Penny is uh, Penny and I know each other from travel writing. And um, she, when she's also a wine educator. So she said she was willing to talk about it. So I'm really excited. So I'll show you the bottle. I don't know if you can see it there. Do any of you have this taste to taste? Nope. Okay. Are any of you tasting? Now what? Click on it. Are any of you tasting um, something else? Either another sparkling or another Prosecco or some other wine or? No. Oh, Lisa. Oh, good. <laughs> I thought you'd let me down there. <laughs> All right. Well, it's... Um, it is uh, my pleasure to introduce Petley, Penny Sadler. Uh, take it away and help us learn about Prosecco and uh, this lovely Prosecco from Valdo. So does somebody else have it? Does Vicki have it? No, I have Costco, sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> but you have Prosecco, right? Yes. Okay, okay. Our, okay. So, so to be honest with you, um, one of the reasons that we have the Valdo Prosecco this evening is because um, I happened to receive a sample of it. And so I said, hey, Mary Jo, how about if I get you a sample too and we'll talk about Prosecco because it's summer and Prosecco is fresh and light and fruity and a nice summer wine. So, um, but the Valdo is nice. It's um, a family that has been uh, making Prosecco in Italy for over a hundred years. And um, the Baldo Marca Oro, which is what we have, the gold label, is- yeah. Sorry, I've it's, seen it before. Yeah, it's very popular. Um, it's the number one selling Prosecco in Italy according to the brand ambassador. And um, did you know, this is just a little bit of trivia, the Brits drink the most Prosecco. 
No, really? Really? Yeah. They they drink the most Prosecco. Um, so anyways, this family has been making wine for a hundred years. And um, does anybody remember, this is also trivia that doesn't have a lot to do with Prosecco, but does anybody remember Bola Suave or Bola Valpolcello? Yes. Yes. His family was that, is that Bola family. So they know they they no longer have the Bola brand, but that's that's who they are. So um, so a couple of things that I wanted you guys to know about if um, if you drink a lot of prosecco or you're interested in drinking more prosecco, well, um, how do you know like is it going to be good? So there's a couple of ways to know. One, Mary Jo and I were talking about uh, earlier. I don't know if you can see this very well. Can you, it kind of disappears in the background. Yeah. It's the green bottle against the green. Oh, well maybe I can just kind of, hmm. Let me try again. Background. There it is. Well, so, ah, there it is. Okay. So on the neck of the bottle, there's a little label. And it's, it will say on it DOC or DOCG. And, um, sorry? Oh, so on mine, it's, on mine, it's like the little um, seal thing that goes over the top of the, the cap and the cork. Yeah. The blue. Yeah, this? Yeah. Yeah. So it should say on there. DOC, there should be a little round seal and then it'll say DOCG next to it. So what that means is that your wine was really made in Italy and that it really is Prosecco. And it has to be made in the Veneto region of Italy. And it has to be uh, a certain sort of grape called sure. the Zara grape at least 85%. So that label tells you that for sure you're getting Prosecco from Italy and not some other kind of sparkling wine. So it's kind of like Champagne can only come from Champagne region of France. Prosecco can only come from the Veneto region of Italy. So, um, DOC is sort of the first level of um, quality. So it's denot, let's see if I can say it. Denominazione di origine controllata. So uh, it's uh, destinate, de designation of controlled origin. So when you get to the next level, which is the DOCG, this is your higher quality Prosecco. So you're gonna pay a little more for it. Like this bottle is around $15. A DOCG, you'll pay maybe 22 to say $35 for. And still, com compared to champagne, and this is, I think, one of the reasons we always started drinking Prosecco, it's a really affordable price point for some great quality sparkling. 
question I would like to ask her at some point is to compare Kava. Yeah, I mean, you can't get a decent bottle of yeah, at the end. Yeah. under $20. Mary Jo, did you hear the question? I heard something about how does, how does Prosecco compare to Kava? <laughs> okay. So, and maybe we should do some coffee tasting too. <laughs> um, so, so Prosecco, Cava, and Champagne are all made, uh, it's how they're fermented. So Prosecco is uh, fermented twice, but the fermentation takes place in sort of a large um, pressurized tank. So it's, it's big, and it's a very uh, techy kind of process. Um, and then it's bottled right away from the tank to the bottle and sold. So it doesn't age, and it's not um, fermented in the bottle. Champagne and cava are fermented in the bottle. So it's a longer process. It's a more labor-intensive process. And that's why it's more expensive. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's called the metodo italiano, the Italian method, which is also referred to as the tank method or the um, Charmat method. So, so that's the big difference is the way that the wine is fermented, and then also the way that it's aged. And because Prosecco isn't really aged, you just, it's ready, you bottle it, you drink it. You want to, um, you don't want to leave your Prosecco sitting around for years. It's not going to be good. Yeah, it never lasted our house that long. <laughs> Me either. But you can, now if you get a DOCG, I had one uh, recently that was a 2014. And it was, it was good. It was really good. But you can't do that with, with you know, just any Prosecco. So a, a lot of the Prosecco that you get, especially the DOC, so the, I was talking to Mary Jo about this earlier, because this is important, that, so these hills that you see in the, in the background that we're sitting in, we wish we were sitting in, um, those are the hills of Prosecco, where the DOC, this is DOCG area. Now let's help, let's uh, help people orient because as much as we'd love to go to Italy, we're not. Prosecco, the Prosecco region is adjacent to Venice. Yeah. And if, if someone was going to go to visit this region, is that likely the area where they'd stay? Or would they, is there somewhere closer that uh, would be a better choice. You need a car because you can't get out into the hills any other way. But there's a lot of places you can stay. You could stay in Padua. You could stay okay. in Treviso, for example. Um, Treviso would be a great place to stay because uh, one of the regions, sub-regions, is called uh, Treviso. And that, there's... Um, 80% of the DOC Proseccos from that. Oh, okay. So, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful area. I haven't been in the hills, but I have been around Treviso and of course Venice. 
Has everybody been to Venice? Everybody's going, yep. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. It gets yeah. such a bad rap, and I really loved Venice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, you know, wouldn't it be fabulous to be there now? Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? I, I want to go to Italy without all the other tourists so bad. <laughs> I really do. So, so yeah, That's so great. you could work Venice, and you could do a trip to Venice, and then book. There's all kinds of, um, they call uh, agriturismos. So there's like, you know, working farms that are out in the hills. And then some of the wineries have um, places to stay as well. So, so where is Valdo within this region or on the map behind me or not the map, the photo behind me? Well, so the, yeah, so the photo is from the Valdo um, PR people and it, is so if you're in venice it's directly west and it's in okay. that this little sub region where it's the docg region called valdo biadene and yeah i practiced saying that before and it that's a tough one for me valdo biadene valdo biadene so they basically what they did is they took the name valdo because of the region they just are playing off the name of the region. But they also have vineyards there. And I don't want to tell you too much about it because we have a little bit more information coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> We're hoping that we will have a uh, surprise guest here. Um, well, I'll just say, you know, from Valdo. We're hoping that we will have someone joining us from Valdo here in another 15 minutes or so. Um, but it's, it's, you know, always difficult to coordinate uh, the actual, uh, the actual people from the winery. And hopefully we will have Matteo joining us, who is actually a member of the Valdo family that originally founded the winery uh, many generations ago. So we're hoping he'll be able to make it uh, in. So I'm keeping my, my eye out to see when he joins us. So tell us a little bit more about about visiting the Prosecco region. So if we wanted to go there and do some wine tasting, do you have some, some tips for us? I haven't been wine tasting there yet myself. <sighs> but um, Mateo's gonna have some information about visiting the region for sure. Um, but I, you know, really, I would say you have to have a car. Yeah or you hire a driver because look at those hills. I mean. Yeah, no, you couldn't. It, it's like being in Tuscany. You really do need the car to, to get from one hill town across the valley to the next hill town, so. I tell you, I did spend some time in um, Treviso and another town in the Veneto called Bassano del Grappa. And they're both um, on, uh, the Sano de Grappa is on a river, on the Brenta River, and Treviso has some canals, so it's sometimes referred to as a little Venice. And they're both really lovely alternative places to stay, you know, to explore the area if you don't want to stay in Venice. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you get a few days of Venice and you're like, okay, I, I'm done with that. Um, <laughs> so you could stay in one of those other places and then get your driver or a car and go out and explore the hills. But 
I stay, believe it or not, I stayed five days in, well, several different places around Italy in these hill towns uh, in the wine country, in Barolo and another place in Tuscany called Panzano. And uh, you really do have to have a car. But five days sounds like a lot, but mm -hmm. I, I didn't no. get bored. Now, Lisa, I know that you and Cheryl spend a fair amount of time in Venice and have off and on over the years. When you were there, were you drinking Prosecco? Or you have to unmute yourself. <laughs> there I am. Yes. <laughs> yes, we did. Venice is actually one of our favorite cities in the world. Uh, we, we love it. We, we spend as much time there um, as possible. And, and yes, uh, uh, sipping the Prosecco, anything that they have there is 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 wonderful. Um, we we haven't done a lot of of going outside of the area. Uh, we we've always meant to, but then we just just again fall in love with with discovering the city and 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 just spending time there. Lisa, where do you live? Oh, we live in Florida, uh, in the uh, Tampa area. Do you, do you have a, a website? Oh, we do. Uh, we're what boundaries travel. Uh, I was like, I know, I know this person. <laughs> yes. Uh, Where's Cheryl tonight? She has a very early morning, so she's she's called it, it early. It's um uh, after ten here, so it's uh, <laughs> she's got a really early uh, conference call in the morning. So so she she called it early, <laughs> and 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 left her wine with me. <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> so so Penny, do you have any tips to help us pick the right? Prosecco. I mean, you know, often, you know, you just kind of go to the store and, you know, we, you know, we're with Vicki and Ed, you know, we'll head up Costco or Total Wine. Um, we'll kind of look at what there's a special, you know, are they promoting something, but how, how can we find the right choice for us? Because it's a very personal thing. Yeah. So there's a, several different things. One that I already mentioned, which was, you want to look for the DOC the DOCG uh, label on the neck of the bottle. And then um, you can also look, I don't know if you'll be able to see this, but on the bottle, where did it go? <laughs> it's a problem of having a green bottle and a it's green It's magic. Green, so. <laughs> uh, okay, so anyway, on the label, it says, um, it'll usually say where it's from. Um, it, 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 like in more detail, not just like from the Veneto, but it might say which town or which region. On this bottle, it says Valdo Biadene. Mm -hmm. So that tells you it's from one of the top regions in the Veneto. Um, I have my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to put mine on too. <laughs> it's in small print. The other thing that you, um, Another region that's good always is Treviso. If it's from kind of outside of that, it's probably going to be medium quality. I'm not saying it's going to be bad, but your better quality is going to be Treviso DOC, um, or in this case, Valdiviadene. Um, and then the other thing that you need to know is what kind of wine do you like? Dry? Sweet? 
or semi-sweet. Because what would you classify this Valdo as? So this is a brute, and it says that on the label. And so extra dry. The um, the levels of sweetness are brute, extra dry, dry, and demisec. I think is the the last one. Brute is the driest. Okay. Um, with uh, let's see. Oh, to 12 grams of residual sugar. Okay, Vicki, what are you, is yours a brood as well? Yeah. I think it's dry. Uh, ours is extra dry. Okay, okay so, so you have 12 to 17 grams of residual sugar. Does it say where yours is from? Um, a a, a solo? solo? So oh. Osolo is the other, is another sub-region, and it's one of the top regions. So Costco goes and gets their Prosecco from Italy? <laughs> yeah. Yes, it says yes. Product of it Italy. It says Product of Italy, Italy DLCG. Okay. All right, there you go. So do I'm you shocked. Like <laughs> oh, it's awesome. <laughs> You can't beat the price, especially when you're drinking Aperol spritzes. <laughs> uh, I love Aperol spritz. So what, what's the brand? It's Kirkland. Kirkland. Oh, oh they're their house brand. Yeah. Interesting. It's really good. I'll tell you what. For the price, it can't be beat. So what's, the, we, what, uh, what's the price point on that? Six ninety nine. Oh, you're kidding! <laughs> so they're making that exclusively for Costco. Yeah. And that's a that's a DOCG, you said. Yep. Wow. So Costco, have you tried come. have you tried that one? No, but I think I need to make a trip. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell you, when we look at the six ninety nine. Tony, who's a bit of a price snob, is like, oh, it can't be good if that's all it costs. No, I'm cut too. You're saying it's a DOCG, which means it's a little cut above everything. Sounds like it's worth it. I mean, it's seven bucks. It's worth a try. <laughs> try it. You know what? When we were in Italy, um, we were there pretty extensively for three weeks in Tuscany, toured all around, went to all kinds of wineries, and... They said the same thing about the DOCGs. We learned about that. And no matter what the price point is on a wine that we've had that's DOCG, it's been fabulous. So, you know, I just think that's true. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's very strict laws and regulations about how it's made and who can put that on the label. And it has to be DOC for 10 years before it can become DOCG. Hmm. So, yeah, it does hmm. matter. It really does matter. Um, so, yes. So, that we've have, Tony, when we've been in Italy, did we drink Prosecco? I think we've stuck pretty <coughs> much with the, with the red wine. Actually, all we've done is the house red at most restaurants. Yeah. Which is still pretty good. I yes. know. 
It was awesome. We had the same experience. It's just always we went with the house red. We were never disappointed. We found some really good, um, obviously now we know it wasn't Prosecco, but we found some really good bubbly in um, New Zealand or maybe it was Australia. Yeah, it actually was in Australia. We had some just fabulous outside of Melbourne. We had some just fabulous sparkling wines there. But, you know, when you go to Italy, we weren't really aware that Prosecco was from Italy. So we're like thrilled. <laughs> Next time we go to Venice, we'll start drinking Prosecco. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I think we started simply because it was a friendlier price point. I mean, you know, bubbly is always fun. And, you know, especially during the summer. I mean, we had a bottle earlier this week, just because it's just, it's sort of refreshing. It's not heavy. Um, and it's far more affordable. I mean, I, you know, there are price points with it that you can have. It's an everyday choice, not just a special occasion choice. Right. You know, Vicki, it was funny you mentioned cava. Because I can really tell the difference between a cava and a prosecco. Is that is it real obvious to you, Penny? Oh yeah, yeah. It's very different because cava's aged. I don't particularly care for cava. It's not one of my favorites, but if it's good, it's good. Yeah. But when I'm in Spain, I want to drink cava. When I'm in France, I want to drink champagne. When I'm in Italy, I want to. <laughs> drink Prosecco. It's sort of like, I, you know, I want to eat local. I want to drink local. It, it's, yeah. and at home, like you want to drink. Yeah, well, <laughs> right, well, there is that. <laughs> there is that. But it, it's sort of like, it, it's an opportunity to, to enjoy what's, what's local. what's local. And I think that's always a good choice. Just like, like, you know, we've said, you, you just get whatever the house wine is at the restaurant, because chances are, Grandma and Grandpa are making it in the backyard. <laughs> That's true. So true. any other Prosecco tips for us? Any other Prosecco tips? Yes. Let me look. I have notes. I know you, I know you have lots of them. Penny has a lot of, um, uh, has several articles about Prosecco on her website, and I'll be including that in the follow-up email as well as the blog post that I do about that. So I know she's written about it a lot. So, well, what I, what I was going to ask you, do you, what do you taste when you taste this Prosecco? The notes that I have from Mateo say lemon zest, green apples, Green apple is a common flavor profile for Prosecco. Um, pear, sometime. If it's extra dry, maybe you'll get some peach. I think for, for this one, I, and I normally pick up on the apple and the pear. For some reason, my palate really zeroes in on that. And I'm not getting any of that, but I am getting the lemon. And, and I think this is fairly sweet on my palate. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I do. Um, not in a bad way. I mean, not like too, not like syrupy sweet. But um, I, that's why I was surprised to, to hear that it was a. I should have read the label that it was a brew because I thought it was a little sweeter. Yeah, yeah. I think it. I don't know exactly what the sugar is on it. Um, it's dry, but it's it's not much. 
Um, so, Melanie, do you have, are, are you joining us in, in your tasting? Do you have anything in a glass there handy? And you're muted, so you have to unmute yourself in order for us to hear you. Um, no, I'm drinking Chardonnay because I didn't make oh. it to the store today. Well, that's fine. <laughs> so, Vicki, what the, the, the Kirkland choice for the Prosecco, what, what are you, what are the flavor profiles you're picking up? Getting green apple. Yeah, definitely okay. the green apple. Uh, maybe just a hint of the lemon. I'm not sure about pear. When, I'm, I'm asking my friends here, Anne and Ed. It's very dry, so there's no pear sweetness to me at all. Um, but a lot, a lot of the green apple, lemon. Um, I'll have to have another sip. <laughs> <laughs> I do see that Matteo has uh, has signed in. So, do you want me to ask uh, him to join us now? Sure. All right. And would you do me um, the the favor of introducing him to everyone? Sure. All right. All right. Now, this is uh, Matteo Bola, who is part of the founding family of uh, Baldo, and it'll take him a minute to join us. Hi, Mel. Hi, Tony. Ciao, Matteo. We can't hear you. You have to mute yourself. Joe's <laughs> husband, Tony. Here we go. Ciao. Ciao. <laughs> That's a uh, pleasure to be with all of you. How are you? Doing well, Matteo. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, it's my turn to pour the glass. I, I assume you are a little bit uh, far ahead of me. Yes, we are. <laughs> Go ahead and uh, pour myself uh, a glass of Baldo Prosecco Brut. See this glass that he has? None of us have the glass, but that's a nice glass for Prosecco. That's beautiful. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I can tell you why is a nice Let's glass. Let's see. Hold okay. it up. Hold it up, Martin. I will, I will. So, here we go. This is a... Uh, oh, yes. Oh, it's beautiful. Is uh, uh, I would say like a hybrid between uh, a flute and a white wine glass. <laughs> now, why is that? Normally, a flute is beautiful to watch, very nice. It holds the bubbles very well, but it doesn't allow the aroma of the wine to really open up. And therefore, this solution is both keeping the bubbles as much as possible, and at the same time allowing the aromas to, to really uh, to be perceived uh, at the maximum. So here we go. Oh, it's more Cheers. 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 Uh, so I understand you are uh, in the West Coast right now. Yeah, or we're actually, um, let's see, you're in Miami, is that right? Yes, getting ready for what can it be? Maybe the first storm and the first hurricane of the sea. Well, Lisa is in also in uh, Florida, and let's see, Melanie, Vicky, Anthony, and I are in the Seattle area. Penny's in Texas. Penny Sadler. Um, Penny, other Penny, where are you? North Carolina, New Bern. North Carolina. So we're well, it looks Carolina. like you are in Valdobbiade, to be honest, uh, because you have an <laughs> yeah. amazing background. <laughs> we we actually are in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Oh, okay. Wow. 
just for the for the weekend, long weekend. <laughs> Sounds amazing. So tell, tell us about your 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 family and your winery and it, I mean, Penny's sure. told us a lot about it, but there's nothing like the family touch. Absolutely. So the history of my family starts in uh, 1883. Um, we had uh, a restaurant uh, in. Uh, the province of Verona in Soave, uh, uh, where we were serving food to the soldiers that were going on uh, uh, the fight against the Austro-Hungarian Empire. So um, we started to serve food and wine and give shelter to the soldiers. And then uh, my great, great, great grandfather started <laughs> to think, well, let's start to um, get a winery and uh, make, quality wine and serve our own wine. So this is how the Bolla family started into the wine business. Now, um, in uh, 1926, a few decades uh, after, uh, a group of enterprising winemakers in Valdobbiadene started uh, Società Anonima Vini Superiori, which was uh, a company uh, devoted to the production of uh, Prosecco, mainly Prosecco. In 1938, my grandfather, Sergio Bolla, purchased the winery of Prosecco. While at the same time, uh, we were making still wine under the name Bolla, so under the family name. So we had the Soave Bolla, uh, the red wines, Valpolicella and Amarone. And at the same time, my grandfather started this venture into the Prosecco. At the time, it was not very popular, uh, but after Second World War, uh, they rename, uh, my grandfather renamed uh, the Prosecco winery Valdo. Why Valdo? Valdo is the abbreviation of Valdo Biadene, so it's the town at the heart of Prosecco, the heart of the historic area mm -hmm. of Prosecco. So the family went on to produce still wine under the Bolla brand and sparkling wine, especially Prosecco, under the brand Valdo. In the 1950s, my grandfather launched the Bolla brand uh, in the US. Uh, maybe some of you will remember how popular Bolla was. Uh, it was Frank Sinatra's favorite wine at some point. Um, he, he, he refused to sit at the table uh, uh, if they didn't have uh, a Soave Bolla in Manhattan. Um, so Bolla became more and more international and more and more uh, popular while Valdo uh, and Prosecco uh, stayed more or less in Italy. It was more of a local consumption. Fast forward, uh, at the end of the 90s, uh, Bolla was sold 100% uh, to an American corporation, Brown Foreman, which is uh, uh, the Jack Daniels uh, corporation, while Valdo remained entirely in the Bolla family. So my uncle is currently the president and CEO, uh, my father and two other Bolla uh, members are the other shareholders. So basically, um, what happened is that the Bolla brand, after many decades of success and popularity, went on a downward trajectory, while Valdo took off because the Prosecco, <laughs> Prosecco became very popular, as you know. And so for the past uh, 15 years, Valdo is uh, the number one selling Prosecco in Italy and in Germany. 
Uh, and uh, at the moment, uh, our dream, <laughs> our plan is to make Valdo uh, loved by the American people as well. And that's why I'm here. I am in the fourth generation of Bolla family. Uh, I moved in the U.S. three years ago. Uh, finally, I, I was born in the U.S. Uh, and then after a few months, they brought me in Italy, so I have no, no memory of, of that. But finally, I am back after uh, more than 30 years uh, to the land that gave me birth. So um, I live here permanently. Uh, in the past three years, I was in New York. Then a month ago, I moved with my wife here in uh, Miami from an epicenter to another epicenter. <laughs> and, uh, Most of us are in an epicenter. And so, you know, Valdo is, um, is, is specialized, has been always specialized in Prosecco since 1926. So we are on track to celebrate our 100-year anniversary in uh, uh, Our core business is a Prosecco Superiore DOCG, which is uh, coming from the Conegliano Valdobbiadene area, uh, the beautiful hills that you have on uh, your background, which <laughs> last year has been proclaimed uh, in July, uh, UNESCO World Heritage Site. Uh, right. uh, we have our historical cellars over there. We also have a new vinification uh, facility. And we are building, this is a very exciting uh, project, uh, we are building a new hospitality center called Casa Valdo, which will uh, see the light in uh, 2022, unless there are some delays due to current situation. <laughs> But uh, um, this will be uh, an amazing uh, center to, uh, first of all, experience uh, Valdobbiadene. Uh, all our products uh, that currently are not available in the U.S. think that Valdo makes more than 30 different labels of Prosecco. Oh. Uh, and some of them are expression of very small uh, terroirs, sometimes just uh, a very steep slope of a hill so it can be very terror driven and uh, and very unique uh, and also we will have a couple of uh, uh, other features like a few rooms uh, to stay the night uh, oh, nice. rooms uh, uh, and so uh, we really want to uh, extend our strong connection with, uh, with the territory and what was your projected open date for that well, this is uh, <laughs> difficult to say, but um, we have completed all the, all the groundwork. Uh, the, um, the building looks uh, uh, on a good track. I would say end of 2022. If we want, right. to, be, if we want to be, I think, uh, safe, I would say beginning of 2023. Okay, put uh, it <laughs> But at the moment, we offer uh, a lot of uh, interesting uh, uh, experiences in Valdobbiadene. For instance, um, we can uh, walk our visitor to our cellar, to our bottling line. Then we have this opportunity to pop a nice bottle of Valdo in the hills to enjoy the beautiful view. And, uh, and then... Uh, uh, you know, walk our guests to their uh, to their hotel or what we call agriturismo, which is a hybrid between a hotel mm -hmm. and farm. Yeah, um, the best. So, 
We're, uh, we're in, uh, you know, at the beginning of, um, I would say, of a long journey. We are here in the U.S. to, to stay. And, uh, and again, our family have a very special history with the U.S. So we would love to repeat the success that Bola had in the, in the 50s and 60s. Uh, to be honest with you, when I see Bolla uh, bottles of wine in the stores, which are still there, I have a bit of mixed feelings because obviously it's my family name, but it doesn't belong to the family anymore. But who knows? One day, maybe the Bolla will come back. Who knows? Matteo, would you take some questions from people if they have them? Yes. I, am, I have to apologize, I tend to talk a lot. This is an Italian feature. <laughs> it is an Italian thing. So, who's got questions for Matteo? You know, everybody was chatty earlier. Uh, where would we be able to find your wine in the U.S. now? This is a great question. So, um, before the pandemic, 70% of our wine here in the U.S., were distributed in restaurants and hotels. So the landscape has changed massively for us. We took a big hit. So now what we're looking is that we are boosting as much as possible uh, the retail uh, business and the e-commerce. So to your question, I would suggest to look at wine.com because at the moment, um, I, I didn't understand, Anthony, which uh, states you are right now. But We're in the state of like Washington. Washington. So in Washington, for instance, I would recommend either go to wine.com where you can find the Marca Oro, which is our flagship, which I can talk to you in a second to describe the product. Okay. But also the 1926, which is our Prosecco Superiore, from Valdobbiadene, so the DOCG. Both products are on wine.com. A third product is coming, which is our rosé. As you can see, it's a floral bottle. Very nice. A collaboration with an artist in Italy. But specifically to that region, which I love. I traveled to Seattle so many times. I am in love with Mount Rainier. Every time I look at Mount Rainier, for me, it's just so romantic. And uh, we have uh, distribution in central markets. So town and country markets have our product. Well, when you're in Seattle, give us a call. We'll meet you for a glass of wine. With great pleasure. When uh, travel can be resumed, uh, uh, the West Coast for us is uh, as important as the East Coast. Most of our distribution are along the coast, also on the third coast uh, in Chicago. <laughs> Uh, Illinois, <laughs> but I like that. It's a good way to. Put I would it. say that um, yeah, the majority of our business comes from New York, Florida, California, and uh, Washington. Then from other states in the middle, like Texas, uh, Illinois, but these are the key market also for consumption of prosecco. But we oh. could go to our favorite market and ask about it, and certainly. Um, let them know it's something that we're interested in purchasing. Absolutely. But my recommendation is wine.com because it delivers right at your door. <laughs> they have a stewardship program where if you spend around $50, the delivery is uh, uh, free. Otherwise, uh, it's on top. Um, specifically to Texas, our products are in specs. 
So I would recommend uh, to go to the liquor store uh, change specs. Uh, um, then I don't know which city you are in Texas. What about, but Flor what about Florida, where you are and Lisa's there? So Florida, uh, currently we are in Winn-Dixie, talking about retail, because I can tell you many restaurants, but uh, again, here the restrictions are uh, uh, quite unpredictable. One day you can open outdoor restaurant, the, the, the second day bars are closed. Uh, so uh, to give some uh, reliable uh, accounts, I would say Winn-Dixie, I would say Fresh Market uh, with the floral. And, um, few other independent liquor stores, but again, I am uh, in charge of the whole US market and Canada as well. So I can provide more granular detail in case you are interested. Uh, I'm sure Penny can share my, my contact details and uh, I'm more than happy to, to give you my uh, recommendation for any, any state in the US. But again, if you are, for instance, in Idaho, as you said, uh, Vicky, uh, I actually would like to do to try one thing because, um, and this is my, uh, I have to say, I, I apologize. It's, uh, I, I've never been to Idaho, uh, so. <laughs> That's but, okay, you really don't need to visit. <laughs> so, in, so Idaho is ID, right? The abbreviation, okay. Yeah. So I just checked on wine.com and we have both products, uh, both uh, the yellow label, the, our flagship, Marca Oro, and the 1926. So again, wine.com, type Valdo as a brand, and, and you see our product. So who, who has the Valdo tasting right now? We do. You do? Oh, amazing. Great. So if you're tasting this product here, this is a... Featuring our most iconic label is called Marca Oro, which basically means our golden seal or better, our gold standard. This uh, label has been introduced in the 1950s in Italy. So um, it is uh, one of the most historic, uh, iconic labels of Prosecco worldwide. Um, it is 100% Glera grape. As you know, Glera is the grape of Prosecco. Uh, you need to have a minimum of 85% of glera. Uh, and then the rest 15%, you can use other blending grapes like uh, white grapes, like Chardonnay, uh, Pinot Blanc, or Pinot Noir vinified in white, uh, or even indigenous grape like Bianchetta, Pereira, Verdizo, which are only found in the Prosecco region. Uh, all the other grapes that, that I mentioned, like Chardonnay, they have to grow in the Prosecco region, so you cannot have... Uh, 85% of Glera and 50% Chardonnay from Australia, for instance. No, it has to be grown in the, in the region. Um, this is Brut. So Brut, I'm, uh, I'm sure you're familiar, but we can uh, spend a, a couple of seconds on the uh, residual sugar or the sweetness levels of Prosecco. We, we, we talked means about You talked about, right? You talked about how confusing it is, uh, in a way, or, or counterintuitive, right? Because brute means less sugar in, in the Prosecco uh, categories. Extra dry means higher residual sugar, which 
it's doesn't make sense. <laughs> it doesn't make sense, but I haven't created it. I promise. It's not my responsibility. <laughs> but it's important to educate uh, the American customers about that because when you when you read extra dry, you could think, oh, it must have no sugar. No, it has more sweetness. Um, it's very crisp. Very refreshing. It's great on its own, but it's also uh, perfect for mixology. So my favorite mixology with uh, Valdo Prosecco Brut uh, cocktails are, well, spritz, yeah. probably the most popular right now, which can be done with different bitters because most of customers here, they, they call it Aperol spritz. But Aperol is just one kind of bitter. So you can have a Campari spritz, you can have a Select spritz. Uh, they all have different bitterness values. And another cocktail that I love is the Mimosa. So Mimosa is basically freshly squeezed juice, typically orange juice, and Prosecco. But my favorite, which is a little bit more elaborated to, to, to make, but is watermelon, fresh watermelon juice, Prosecco Valdo, and a little bit of mint, fresh mint. Ooh. Mm. I love yeah. watermelon. Ooh, that sounds refreshing. Yeah. For summer, it's perfect. The, the, only, the only thing is that you don't realize uh, how much Prosecco you're drinking. Because uh, <laughs> it's, so, it's so nice, it's so pleasant. And after the, the third one, you're like, oh, hang on a second. <laughs> Let's sit down. <laughs> The sugar that gets you too. <laughs> <laughs> <And> next morning. <laughs> yeah. But please, if you have other questions, I'm happy to, to reply or I can talk very briefly about uh, the other product that you can find. I'm sure. Tell us about that. We've been talking about the, uh, the gold label, but why don't you tell us about the 1926 product? Yeah, so 1926 is um, a tribute to the founding year of the winery. Uh, it is a Prosecco Superiore DOCG. So DOCG stands for the highest classification of Italian wines. That means that it's a very um, specific geographical uh, location, territory. Uh, they have a little bit more strict rules when it comes to production. For instance, the yields uh, and, and other uh, more um, sophisticated uh, rules that I'm not going to tell right now, but basically it is the highest classification. So um, it is definitely a more refined product. Uh, and it comes from uh, the beautiful hills that you have as a background. So those hills, as I mentioned before, has been proclaimed UNESCO World Heritage Site. That's where our winery is. Uh, all the grapes are harvested by hand. Uh, the slopes are so incredibly steep that our uh, grape growers, they earn the heroic viticulturist reputation because they cannot run any harvesting machinery over there because it's too steep. So they are just harvesting by hand. And if you get a rainy day during the harvest, it can get quite slippery and quite challenging. <laughs> so um, in this case, we have 90% of Glera and 10% Chardonnay. So it is a more, um, as I said, refined product with a more international appeal because of the Chardonnay grape. Uh, it has a longer production method than the yellow label. So the method is called Martinotti Charmat 
method. Basically, the bubbles are uh, uh, happening in pressurized steel tanks, as opposed to champagne, where all the bubbles are uh, happening in each bottle. So, basically, when uh, you put the wine uh, after the first fermentation, so the grapes are pressed uh, at, to a certain temperature, uh, adding yeast, the yeast eats the sugar, transforms into alcohol. So the must becomes wine. That's the first fermentation. The second fermentation happens in the tanks. So we put the wine, we add sugar, we add yeast, but since the tank is pressurized, so uh, the CO2 cannot escape, the yeast eats the sugar and creates CO2. So that's how the bubbles happen. And this product is, yes. Um, so I was talking about this earlier. Can you, since that's a, the DOCG wine is higher quality wine. So yeah. you can keep it a little longer? Exactly. So by law, you have the minimum. Okay. So you have minimum of 60 days, uh, um, Martinotti method. Um, and uh, in Advaldo, we have uh, many expressions of Prosecco that are following longer Charmat method. For instance, in this case, it is five months. In the yellow label, it's three months. But we also have a 12 month, a very long Sharma, which is resulting in very fine bubbles and the different uh, uh, nuances, different uh, expressions. So, you know, as I said, uh, you can have a lot of uh, Prosecco that are the expression of a small territory. For instance, when you look at the DOCG, the DOCG is formed of 43 fractions, okay? So DOCG is Conegliano Valdobbiadene. These are the two main uh, villages, okay? But the area is divided in 43 fractions called Rive. So if you see a Prosecco that says Valdobbiadene Prosecco Superiore Rive di San Pietro di Barbozza, that's just one name, you know that the grapes come only from that fraction. And then you can even go higher in the qualitative pyramid. The very top is called Cartize. So the Cartize is just one hill and it is the most sought after um, Prosecco. He has the highest price point. Um, but most of the Cartize it is vinified in high sweetness level because of uh, um, the history. Cartizze uh, actually comes from the dialect Cartoc, where basically they were, is a method that they were using to do drying grapes and to make sweet wines. So as a result of this technique, the Prosecco that comes from the Cartizze hill is mostly vinified with a higher residual sugar and used as a dessert wine. But if you look at the DOCG, you have, again, Conegliano Valdobbiadene, Rive, and Cartizze. Okay. So at Valdo, we cover all the different layers of the denomination, and we are the only winery of Prosecco that uh, makes consistently, year after year, vintage after vintage, 
a metodo classico, so a traditional method, a bottle fermented Prosecco Superiore. So not in the tank, like let's say 99% of Prosecco, but with a bottle fermentation, only 20,000 bottles per vintage. This comes from our state-owned uh, vineyards. Uh, and it's coming to the US in uh, Q2 <laughs> next year, by the way. So stay tuned. It's called so Numero 10. Why Numero 10? Because it's 10 month secondary fermentation in the bottle. So uh, it also 10 gram residual sugar per liter. So let's say 10 is the, is the number of, of this product. And it's really the pinnacle of our production. We will uh, have a small uh, distribution. We will uh, uh, present this to the, to the trade, to the media, to uh, influencers, uh, to elevate uh, the, the prestige of the winery because there is no other wineries able to do that. We started in 2004. And when you come at Valdo, we can offer you a vertical degustation of different vintages. So this is something very unique. Um, um, I think Vicky had a question. So I was I wondering if that 1926 is also a brute. No, it's extra dried. Okay. So it has a higher residual sugar. And if you look at the total production of Prosecco, around 65 to 70% is made extra dry. Uh, 30 to 35 is brut. So brut, it's actually coming recently because more and more people that are familiar with Prosecco, they appreciate uh, uh, the brut versions also because the brut version are enhancing more of the floral aromas. While if you have a little bit more residual sugar, you tend to have more fruit. So why extra dry is the most popular? Because Prosecco for us uh, is really um, at any hour of the day. And so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, it's, uh, it's like a brunch, uh, is lunch, is uh, also for like many people. And so the slightly higher residual sugar really have that easy to drink, more, uh, uh, I would say, ref I would say um, perfect for happy hour. While Brut also have a little bit more um, character, I would say, to pair with more sophisticated dishes. Okay. So the DOCG 1926, this one is perfect to pair, for instance, with uh, um, a risotto, or fish, or white meat. Um, and uh, the brute versions are, are also uh, an all-meal companion. So we drink Prosecco across the whole meal, but the extra dry typically is for the happy hour. And then the more you go towards the dinner, you tend to have more brut. And then you come back to, let's say, a dessert uh, uh, option, like a cartizze. <coughs> To, to really clean the palate uh, and, uh, and leave the table with a smile. You're still standing. Yeah, so are again, there, the, the rosé also is another bottle that will be available on wine.com soon. And it is a unique blend. It is a 
a recipe that we developed at Valdo. It is 75% Nerello Mascalese from Sicily, from the Etna volcano, and 25% Glera. So this is a very unique recipe. But what is very, very exciting is the fact that we have the approval to make Prosecco Rosé, finally. This is a brand new appellation that will see the light uh, at the end of, uh, let's say, a Q4 this year. And we will be one of the first uh, wineries to market uh, Prosecco Rosé in the US. So, uh, so when do you see that coming to the US? Uh, okay, so this um, is um, still pending in the sense that uh, in August, uh, we will have the official communication. Then you need to have a minimum of 60 days uh, 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 Martinotti Charmat method for production. And then uh, let's say between uh, end of October, beginning of November, you can start with the shipment. Obviously, all the shipments from Italy come by uh, boat. Yeah. So it takes around a month to reach the East Coast uh, and around uh, maybe two months uh, to reach the West Coast. So. The timing is not right because they should have approved it earlier in order to take advantage of the Christmas sales uh, across the US, but, but it's happening. And the, the characteristics of this product will be minimum 85% Glera up to 90% and the rest Pinot Noir. So Pinot Noir is from 10 to 15% then it will be mandatory to have the vintage year on the label. So it's going to be vintage. Oh. And only spumante version. So spumante means the bottle with the cork and a higher atmospheric pressure, so more bubbles. Prosecco and Prosecco, uh, yeah, Prosecco can be also frizzante version, which you can find with the twist stop, uh, screw cap, uh, or a string, but you will see that the level of bubbles is, uh, is weaker. Uh, I would say 80% of all Prosecco is made spumante, 20% is frizzante. Prosecco Rosé will be only spumante. So realistically, perhaps next summer, we'll all be able to drink your oh, Yeah, for sure. Even your, uh, Easter will be big time, but even, uh, even uh, Valentine's Day. I, I'm, yeah. I would say Valentine's Day for the West Coast and uh, Christmas for the East Coast uh, uh, for the wineries that will be uh, the first market uh, we want to be. And so uh, I can give you a little, uh, uh, <laughs> let's say, a little heads up. So the Prosecco Rosé will be the same uh, label of Marca Oro, but pink and uh, a nice transparent uh, uh, glass because uh, uh, well, we think that, be, that with that Rosé, be... the first purchase is made by the eye and right. then uh, by, by the mouth. Well, that, be, uh, that Rosé will be a beautiful color for Valentine's Day. Um, so Absolutely. that's I it's mean, important. That's a, yeah, and it's exciting good. because uh, it's a brand new category that uh, I'm sure the American uh, uh, wine lovers will uh, will definitely appreciate. 
And for us, it's important to be first to market because again, we want to establish Valdo in the US as one of the leading, most trusted wineries of Prosecco with uh, a high level of uh, specialization and, and quality in all level of production. And so we want to be, um, you know, climbing uh, the, the ranking uh, of, uh, of wineries that uh, are more established than us. Uh, uh, and, and, and I think the Prosecco Rosé is a great opportunity. When I say um, the ranking, uh, I would like to say that uh, in the American market, uh, there is a lot of, uh, allow me to say this term, mediocre Prosecco. Uh, because what happened is that uh, there is a lot of fantasy labels, a lot of uh, I call them even boardroom uh, labels that are decided uh, under the you know, um, corporate room that are only uh, basically trying to uh, get advantage of um, some misconception or some confusion that there is uh, in the American market. So you have a, a proliferation of labels that is incredible, but you cannot trace the winery. You cannot trace uh, the history, the quality. And if you go in Italy, these labels don't exist. You don't see them around, right? So with Valdo, you can be sure that it is the Prosecco that Italian people drink. Well, Matteo, thank you very much for your time. I think we've run out of all of our questions. We're running a little bit over what we normally do. Thank you so much for joining us. Penny, thank you so much for all your information and answering our questions before and encouraging uh, Matteo to join us. I want to thank all of you for joining our tasting this evening, regardless of what was in your glass. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, and so uh, it's been a tough summer, guys, but cheers to things getting better. Yes. Thank cheers. you, Matteo, Penny. Stay safe. Be safe. Thank you. Let's hope for uh, for a better for a better future soon. Uh, and uh, really, thank you so much for giving me the chance to talk about my family. Thanks and for coming, Matteo. Thank, thank you. you so much, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye.